0: Coach Harson and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes,
1: welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Before we jump in with our guest today, just a quick heads up. Apple has been... Super wonky this week, and so about half of the shows in their entire podcast directory didn't want to update since they did this massive update like Tuesday night, so a lot of you um, Apple listeners, I think like over 90% of you listen through Apple, a lot of you didn't get my shows on Wednesday or Thursday, so... Uh, be sure to check those out if you uh, somehow miss those, which a lot of you guys did. So, I uh, just wanted to mention that real, real quick. All right, Happy Ferg Friday, Justin Ferguson
0: with the Auburn Observer
1: joining us. How are you,
0: brother? I'm doing all right. We had the same problems with our podcast with Apple, so I'm I'm glad to know it wasn't just us because I had a couple people do the same thing for some reason. Apple loves to just torture all of us uh, whenever things don't go exactly as planned. I went on this big rant about them on on my morning show where it's
1: like they handle big problems like they're a small business. It's like if you go to a a, a mom-and-pop restaurant and you go to order something, they're like, hey, our register's down, can you give us five minutes? You're like, yeah, sure. You outsource your IT probably. It's not that big of a deal. Apple, no, you're like the leading platform of podcasting and they're just Mm -hmm. so far behind everybody else. And in an effort to catch up, they like knock off half of their shows. It's weird
0: yeah i mean we 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 have to uh petition um we ha- we have to pe- petition our, our good friend tim cook as as an auburn yes. alum he obviously listens to both of our uh, both of our podcasts so. i hope so tim tim we know you're listening to us right now yes uh, and uh fix, fix fix the problems yes the people he, need the people need us
1: he has an annual uh he has an annual subscription to the uh to the
0: uh auburn observer he never misses an episode of locked on either <laughs>
1: Uh okay, so some news dropping Thursday that I certainly wasn't expecting. Maybe you had a heads up on it, but Dre Alexander is now
0: not coming to Auburn. Yeah, I, I didn't get a heads up on it. And from what I've heard, I don't think Auburn was necessarily expecting it either. Um yeah, I mean, this is a pretty uh surprising in the fact that it happened, but not in turn like when you sit down and think about it, you're like, okay, this does make sense in the fact that Auburn just got two guys at his position, the two guard, um, that are going to come in with experience and and, and their transfers. And both of those guys aren't going to sit a ton, I wouldn't expect. So for Trey Alexander, he was going to face a little bit of an uphill battle in terms of playing time right away. I think he's awesome. I think he's a really good player, and he's going to be good wherever he ends up. But um, I think he's going to have clearer paths to playing time elsewhere. Uh, for some really good programs, and uh, I think that's what ultimately led to this decision. Do you think
1: the addition of Desi Sills is what kind of turned him off to the whole situation? Because depending on who you ask, like, Trey
0: Alexander's in a different league than a guy like that. Yeah, more than likely, probably, uh, that, that that was the case. Because you bring a guy like Desi Sills in, he's going to play. And that's going right. to be the same way with Zep Jasper as well. And with Trey, I think Trey... Again, he's a really great player. I thought he was going to be, um, you know, a a perfect fit for what Auburn wanted to do under Bruce. But um, yeah, I think I think the competition there is going to was going to be a lot tougher than maybe he would get at some other places that were recruiting him. And so he had an avenue to get, you know, to open up his recruitment back up, and here it is. And he's not going to be part of Auburn's Auburn's uh, uh, team anymore. And I think. You know, ultimately, Auburn's going to be fine in terms of depth. I think. I think this doesn't change Auburn from you know how good they're going to be next season as a team overall. Yeah. I think the one thing. I think the one thing that I'm I'm curious to see what Auburn does from moving forward from here is that Trey Alexander, as a dude who is six four and a really good shooter, you don't have one of those guys anymore. He seemed like the best bet to be the dead eye. Now Desi Stillson can get hot at any moment. Zep Jasper's the same way. Wendell Green the same way. You've got. De- and we know Devin Cambridge and and Alan Flanagan can get hot from deep, but trying to find a guy who could be a really consistent outside shooter. Um, he seemed to be the best. He seemed to be the best fit, and he had a little bit more size than Sills and Jasper at the two guard position. So, all that being said, I wonder now that there's a scholarship going to be opened up if Auburn tries to go get somebody like that to replace him. Just more than likely, somebody with 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 college experience or. You know who knows? Maybe maybe there's some there there's a guy or two out there, uh, from out of high school, uh, that are making a late decision, and Auburn could could try to get nab them down the stretch. Sure. So, I'm I was very high on the Desi Sills
1: situation. In fact, when when I you know did the the whole show kind of based around the news of him coming, I was like, hey, he's got a chance to start at the two next mm-hmm. year. Then on, I guess, yesterday's show, I had I had the guy that hosts Locked On Razorbacks, his name's John Neighbors, had him on. And he like I don't want to say he just pooped all over him, but like he was not high on Desi Sills as a player. Loved him as a dude, loved him as a locker room guy, and you know, Arkansas fans wish him the best kind of thing. But he was not high on him at all. So
0: where are you on this? Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna trust the Arkansas perspective on a guy who leave who leave, who just left them. To right? Get like fair, yeah. fair and balanced. Sure. I mean, right. Yeah. Nothing, somebody actually reached, reached out and it was
1: like, "I'd love to go back and hear what he said about Desi Sills during the season." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I would too. I'm just not gonna put the time into
0: it." Right. Um. My thing with Desi Sills is, you know, he fell out of the rotation at Arkansas last season. But when he got good playing time, he 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 played well. Um, he, he was dealing with an injury. I, I like Desi Sills as the type of player that's going to give Auburn an upgrade in things that they need. You look at this team last season, one of the biggest things, they, two of the biggest problems that they had last year. And what I think they've gone out and addressed in the portal and with this overall is that they did not have a ton of experience. And they did not have you know, a ton of backcourt quickness defensive a bit like their defense in the backcourt was was one of their tougher things. Zep Jasper and now Desi Sills both bring both of those things to the table. And of course, Desi Sills coming from the SEC gives a little bit of bonus edge there. Sills is not a super consistent scorer, but when he gets hot, as Auburn fans can attest, he can really light you up. Um, He is he fits the kind of we're going to hit layups and shoot threes and get to the free throw line kind of style that we've seen from Bruce Pearl in the past. That's his game. That's what he's what he's good at. He's very creative in getting to the basket. Um, he's got good catch and shoot ability from the outside. It can just be hot and cold. So I can see why you can push back on that. Um, but you look at him defensively. Arkansas was a better defense when he was on the floor compared to when he was off the floor. Mm-hmm. When they got into the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight last, uh, this past season, they they trusted him to play more because they needed him uh, to 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 line up against what those two teams in particular uh, Oral Roberts and Baylor did on the offensive end of the backcourt. So I think he he brings a lot to what Auburn wants, um, and so that's why I think it's a good pickup even if you lose a guy like Trey Alexander in the process. My yeah, I think my question there is, is like, what is his role going to be at Auburn? Does he start? Um, even if he doesn't start, is he going to be a guy that uh, is, is locked in? And I think he will because one of the things that happened to him at Arkansas is that I don't think not starting was the problem. Is that there were some games he was only playing two or three minutes a night, right. and then the next game it'd be like nine or ten, and then he'd play twenty in a game, and then he wouldn't play much at all for the next three, and like that can really weigh on a dude, and it and it and it you know leans into that inconsistency that I had on the offensive end. So more stability at Auburn, I think he could be he could be a really he could shine really well.
1: Okay, I want to have a quick conversation in just a moment. on like a bigger college basketball picture in just a moment. Right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Highly recommend going to check out all the prop bets for the NFL draft. Less than a week away. BetOnline covers everything. They've got all your sports covered, even things outside of sports. Real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything You can imagine. And they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet. And it's free to sign up at betonline.ag. And when you sign up and make your first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: so at the moment justin auburn basketball they've got two scholarship spots open is that the same mm-hmm. number that you have yes okay. at the
0: moment they would have they would have two if thor stays in the draft i right. believe that's right yeah yeah okay so uh, assuming thor is, is gone there's there's two and
1: mm-hmm. they're, they're going to do something with those you would assume
0: at least one right right
1: I I mean even if it's give like a I mean you gotta assume even if they like don't add another player they're gonna give a walk on a scholarship or something
0: yeah oh yeah for sure you're gonna use all 13 now is it gonna be all 13 guys to get on the floor no because you don't play 13 guys hardly ever anyway in, in college basketball Bruce Pearl plays one of the deepest rotations in the country and yet he doesn't even get that that far down the down the list so I would not be surprised if Auburn takes this this spot that they're getting from Alexander and, and goes and tries to get another guard. Like I said, maybe somebody a little bit bigger, somebody somebody who yeah. is, a, uh, is more of a shooter. That would make sense. If they wanted to hold it open and if Scoot Henderson wanted to reclassify, that would make a lot of sense for him to put in there because I think he would be a pretty good pickup and he's got decent size even though he's more of the point guard mold. Um so I, I, think, I think they're going to do something. Now, whether they're going to fill both of those guys, both of both those uh, scholarship spots with, um, you know, players that can come in right away, mm, maybe, maybe not. I mean, guys like right. Chris Moore and Stretch Akinbola and Dylan Cardwell, they're going to be down, down, down on this rotation, and they are good, you know, they are really good off-the-bench players in the SEC. So you're already in a, in a bit of a minute's crunch to begin with. Okay, yeah, so, all right, so, Let's just assume
1: the season, next season is over, right? So you've got these two scholarship spots, and and that may go down. But then you're going to lose Alan Flanagan. You're going to lose Jabari. Maybe maybe you lose Kessler. I don't know. It just kind of depends on how his game falls, I guess. And then... Then what? So are, are you just going to have to fill five or six spots every single year now? Is that, what, is that what college basketball is? And then that's not yep. counting guys like you just mentioned. What if Chris Moore gets frustrated or Devin Cambridge gets frustrated and wants to leave because of playing time or stretch acting bowl? I think all of those are very realistic situations for these guys that haven't used their one transfer yet to leave and, and move for a better situation for them. And so it's like, are we going to have to just, are we just going to have a, like a pretty much a brand new basketball team every year moving forward? Yep.
0: Get ready. That's and, wild. And it, that is a wild it, thing to wrap my head around. Right. And we've already seen some schools kind of lean into this. Uh, Arkansas being number one uh, in the SEC of, of, of building their teams around transfers. But yeah, this is how it's going to be. Because, you know, the way basketball is, there are so many teams you know there are 340 something division 1 teams so if you do not like your role or you want to go elsewhere you, you know or, or you, you know something changes there are plenty of places where you can land it's not even like football where it's you know it's a lot tougher to to make that transfer and, and jump up the depth chart it's it's pretty quick you can do that in, in basketball Yeah. combine that with the way the nba evaluates combine that with the fact that you can enter the nba draft get evaluations get you know uh, get, get the feedback that you want, and then decide whether you want to come back to school or not. And we've seen now, the way that this has worked out, there are several big-name transfers in the portal right now that are also in the NBA draft. So they're like, all right, if the NBA says I'm ready to go, I'm going to go. But if not, I'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be in limbo if you're a coaching staff trying to figure out how to, how to sort it out. It's a mess, but I think ultimately, more than anything else, it is good for the players themselves. It is giving them power. It is it is making those guys get the best, so you don't feel like you're stuck in a bad situation. So I think teams and fans and coaches are going to have to all adjust to it, and it's going to be weird, and it's going to be you know a, a major a major change for a lot of people. But ultimately, it's so that guys can get in better situations for themselves because you only have a limited window of how good you are as a you know a basketball player, uh, especially at the college level. So. You know, it's just something we're all going to have to get get used to.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm fine with it. You know, if it's best for the player, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. It's just I'm trying to prepare folks to think about it. It's like, okay, I, I know this offseason was wild, and four of the five starters next year are probably not going to be guys that were on the team last year, and yeah. that may be a semi-normal thing. For forever <laughs> until yeah. until something just restructures down the road, and, and and I don't really see that happening anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I mean everybody's going to have to become like a Kentucky fan now. Kentucky did it with one and done types of recruits, guys losing guys to the mm-hmm. NBA pretty much each year. Now everybody's going to be looking at okay, maybe you're losing guys to uh, the portal, you know, and and I think the one thing to keep in mind here with Auburn is that there's a lot of people who are who've been around and uh, who've been going around saying like. Why are they losing so much? Why are they losing so much? Keep in mind that the guys that they've lost, none of them, right off the bat, except for Sharif Cooper to the NBA, but any of the guys they went into the portal, none of those guys were just out and out. They were definitely going to start 100% no matter what, right? They're guys that were going to have to work. Now, you can argue about what that meant for Justin Powell or Jamal Johnson. One of those dudes are probably going to start, but you know Auburn went in to the portal, and they've lost some reserves and they've added guys who are who, who are going to be starter, you know, have starter quality to them, who are going to compete right away, who have experience at the at the Division One level. And so, in a way, they've upgraded in that. It's just going to be weird because you get it, you know, as a fan base, you get attached with certain players. Everybody loved Justin Powell. Everybody loved, you know, what they saw uh, from time to time out of Javon Franklin and Jamal Johnson and those guys. And of course, Sharif and J.T. were were big name big name dudes, but you gotta, you got to keep in mind, Auburn's trying to make the best for their roster next season, and that's really all you can hope for because, you know, it's hard to plan out two or three years in advance of college basketball now. It's no, just not I, the way the sport goes.
1: I'm glad you bring that up. So Kyle B. asked uh, in the Locked On Auburn Discord, um, you could do a breakdown grading the turnover on the roster, example, being Cooper for Wendell Green as a downgrade, mm-hmm. Johnson for Jasper upgrade um et cetera, et cetera. so I think that's an interesting to think about because I mean you're right as far as starters you lose Cooper but you bring in Wendell Green you bring in yep. Desi Sills and like you lose Javon but like you bring in you know a seven foot two dude that's a former five star and the second highest recruit they've ever brought in and so like I think it is a net positive like this team should be significantly better than the team last year
0: yeah, I think I think the best way I think that's good the way Kyle runs it out because you look at the front court. Okay, you lose J T Thor, awesome player, um, tremendous upside, and and Javon Franklin, great off the bench player, spark guy for him. Who do you bring in their place in the front court this season? Well, your two additions are a seven foot two dude and <laughs> Jabari Smith. Like, so you you have clearly upgraded in right. both of those categories. It's just tough to sit there and say it because like. You know you like those players. You you develop an attachment to those to those players if you're a fan, and in the coaching staff as well. So you don't want to you don't want to down them. You don't want to you don't want to do you don't want to do like what Arkansas fans might be doing about Desi Sills and mm-hmm. running these guys down. But you have to face facts that going in and getting experienced guys, I think Auburn is Auburn has upgraded their roster, and this is going to be a team that's going to be in the mix in the SEC next season. And this past year they just weren't. All right, gotta get your thoughts
1: on a day that coming up in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. So Coconut Brownie, their boxes of those are back uh, for a limited time or I guess until they sell out because they're so popular. And they won the, the, the you know their March Madness Tournament. So check that out. I don't like coconut. I've made that very, very clear. A coconut is not a nut. So why would you call it that? But people love it. People love it. I love peanut butter brownie. So take that for what it's worth. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at builtbar.com. Jay Ferg, before we jump into uh, your eight your day thoughts, and you shared a lot of them at the Auburn Observer, but tell folks uh, what all they're missing out on with all of y'all's content.
0: Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Uh, sign up there. $60 a month or $60 a year. Get you access to everything we've we've got going on F- uh, football and men's basketball. Uh, you know analysis stories. We've got a mailbag every Friday. We've got a couple of podcasts a week. One of them you can listen to for free on the weekends. The other one usually on Wednesday or Thursdays only for subscribers. Uh, if you sign up there, everything we do we email it straight into your inbox. And this week, I mean, we had a uh, film room on the offensive side at Ada. Had a film room on the defensive side at Ada. Had a full scouting report on Desi Sills. Uh, and like I said, mailbag. By the time you're listening to this, mailbag will be up as well. So uh, for the first week of the true off season in football, uh, we had a lot of stuff going on, and, and we're going to keep this train rolling as as far as we can go before we hit that really dead period in the summer, and we're all going to be sitting around trying to figure out, you know, what what to talk to each other about. But uh, right. uh, until then, we're 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 in a good spot. So your your mailbag that is up
1: as people listen to it. What was the divide between? football and basketball questions because I've still been amazed and I know there's basketball news, but man, like, I mean, we talked last week, it was the day before a day and like people Mm want to talk about basketball. They wanted me and you to talk about basketball topics. Is that still happening on the, the Auburn observer perspective? A little
0: bit more 50, 50 this week with football and basketball. Um, And I think it just with the way a day happened is a big deal. But yeah, I mean, when you get a guy like Desi Sills, people are going to want to talk about it. Uh, so it, it's, I think it's going to end up being 50, 50. I got a lot of questions this week that I'm going to be able to kind of space out for some future mailbags as well. So, good. uh, the, the faithful, the faithful, uh, followers and, and, and subscribers to the, to the observer were, were, were very kind with their questions this week. So it, uh, it set me up. I'm a, I'm going to be in a good spot, but yeah, pretty good mix of football and basketball this week.
1: Yeah. Highly encourage folks to go check out Justin's stuff. And, uh, of course he and painter do an awesome podcast as well, so one of the things uh, that that people got was your film room. You did one on offense and one on defense, both very, very interesting. Other than Bo Nix looking very comfortable in the new offense and having a lot of fun out there and potentially being a dark horse for some uh, some postseason awards, what all did you take mm-hmm. away from the offensive side of uh, of a day?
0: Yeah, it's it's a different type of offense for sure. I mean, Auburn was going under center; they were you know ran some fullback stuff a couple of times. Two, three tight ends on the field, and you saw even in a limited vanilla type of offense, you saw Auburn run a, you know, several different types of routes and concepts. Bo Nix's uh, attempts were pretty spread out, you know, between short, intermediate, deep, you know, some behind the behind the line of scrimmage stuff. So I think it's that variety. You've already been able to see some of that variety that this is a different offense. This is a different type of attack that we're going to be able to see from Auburn. And I think the other big thing you saw. From it is, man, they are going to give these running backs the tools they need to put up some yards, uh, and and we'll see how the offensive line comes together. I think there were some moments they looked really good in run blocking on Saturday, but I mean, Tank Bigsby and, and, and Sean Shivers is a heck of a one-two punch, and if you want to get downhill and run between the tackles as much as this, as this team is going to want to do, um, those are the two guys that I think are going to really thrive in this offense. We'll see about how the wide receivers come together. We'll see about how the offensive line comes together. We'll see how much Bonix improves as a quarterback, but the running backs, the running game in general, look really, really encouraging. I think, and it, it, and it really they this style really plays to uh, what they have in Tank and Worm. The wide receiver position
1: looked a lot clunkier than I expected it yep. to.
0: Yeah, and 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 the thing there is, is that they've had injuries. In the spring, right? They're down three of two of their most experienced guys, and then JJ Evans also picking up an injury. And I forgot JJ Evans existed for a second, actually. And and he and he honestly he got that injury in the in the open uh, open practice that first one. He looked good beforehand. I mean, he's a big dude who can who can go up and get it. So I think the thing there with the wide receivers is that you were missing some experience. It's a new offense. It's a new coaching staff, and they're having like there's not. Every other position on the field, you can kind of lean on somebody who knows what they're doing at the college level. They're not a ton of that, especially considering Shed Jackson and Xavion Capers were not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that they weren't good. I mean, Elijah Canyon had a great game. Elijah you know, Canyon call- may have
1: been the winner of A-Day. I think you can make the argument for that.
0: I voted for him for offensive MVP because I would like to point out that even though Tank had that really good run, it was a blown A-gap uh, assignment by the by the second team defense and, you know, Honestly, Sean outran him in most of his other games. I agree. I, no, I
1: I think Shivers was a better running back on Saturday than Tank.
0: Yeah, and Tank just got the big highlight play, which, good. I mean, that's what he does. He's a, he's a really good player, and it, that doesn't take anything. We know how awesome Tank Bigsby is, right. but seeing Sean make that step forward is big. Now, Zabion Capers played well. We know Javarius Johnson's had a really good spring. We've seen Kobe Hudson step up and be more of a leader at the position, but it's inconsistency. Guys are running the wrong routes. Guys, miscommunications. not getting lined up in the right spot. There's a lot of Mistakes that they keep making because they're young and they don't have a, they don't have a ton of uh of experience out there. And when you talk to Brian Harson, when you talk to Mike Bobo, when you talk to Cornelius Williams, when you talk to anybody at the wide receiver group, they know they've got a lot of work to do between now and the start of the season. And this summer is going to be a very big one for those guys. Not only is it how 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 they improve themselves and get um you know that connection with Bo Nix, uh in, in the summer, but also just getting up in the playbook and, and, and learning a lot more. And honestly, the way everything's kind of shaking out and with the portal starting to crank up is even in football, wouldn't be surprised if Auburn goes after some wide receivers in there just to get a guy in there. That's got some experience that can help those those dudes out more than anything.
1: Yeah. I think it would make a lot of sense. And it sounds like Auburn's got some interest whenever a receiver hits the transfer portal. So yeah. Mike Woods being the big one out of Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Has he, I assume he hasn't announced yet, but a lot of people are saying mm-hmm.
0: Oklahoma for him.
1: Which would I'm make seeing.
0: sense if I was a wide receiver and Oklahoma wanted me. I would love I to I would play go there. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no doubt about but, it. But yeah, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of guys who have some experience that Auburn's going to reach out to. And it's not to say that they don't have talent at that wide receiver. They have talent. It's just there's not a whole lot of experience there. And if you can get one guy at least that you can build around and let dudes like Javarius Johnson and, and Kobe Hudson and Xavion Capers and then... Um, you know, Elijah Canyon or Shed Jackson, those guys kind of build around them and develop around them, knowing that you're not starting completely from scratch-ish at wide receiver, I think that would be a good thing for Auburn.
1: All right, last offensive question. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. What do you think of the left tackle situation? Alec Jackson, not there. When asked about yeah. a Harson, was kind of cryptic with his answer, but it was Troxel that got the first snaps, then Killian Dyer kind of rotated in there. What are your thoughts on those guys being the guys that rotated in?
0: I think that as it stands right now, it seems to be kind of Troxel's position. I, you know, it. We'll see what happens with the Alec Jackson situation. I mean, there's, there's no guarantee that. You know, I, I'll, I'll just say this. It was very telling to me in spring practice that when we talked to offensive linemen, whenever we got offensive linemen, we got Austin Troxel, and we did not get Alec Jackson. Uh-huh. Considering Alec Jackson finished the year as the starting left tackle. So I think Troxel's in a good position right now. It's just going to be for him. He's got to stay healthy and just get plugged in and just stay there on an the offensive end. I think Zaire's got some got some good, I um, got some good qualities to him, but you know he's still going to be a little bit of a work in progress as as one would expect at this point. So I would say Troxel would be the leader there. We'll see what happens with with Jackson. And again, Brian Harson hasn't shied away from the fact that they might be. Going after guys in the portal that are that are offensive tackle and that would make a lot of sense, um, considering Auburn's thinness in terms of overall depth there. But also, you know, if they could go get a guy who was a starter quality player to come in and compete, I could see them doing that in time for fall camp. Yeah, I'd love for them to scoop
1: up a a, like a Jack Driscoll type guy. They've done it before, so we will see. They do
0: it in the summer too.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Defensive side, I was blown away by how comfortable they looked in that new scheme. Oh, I, man, yeah. I know you're eating this new scheme up. So who stood out to uh, to you?
0: It was fun seeing those guys tee off the edge. Kobe Wooden is like going to be a monster yeah. this season. In this scheme, and I wrote about it last week, in this game, they're going to ask him to do a lot more inside stuff, which fits his game. Because if you go back can watch even when he was playing buck last season his inside moves and and, and beating guys uh you know kind of with with power was more of his style um i thought he was he was tearing it up out there and he had a couple of plays where he could have gotten sacks or tackles for loss that, or, uh, there were a couple of pressures he had where they they should have <laughs> they should have given him a sack and he didn't yeah um i thought he played i thought he played particularly well um you know Derek hall seeing him move everywhere was kind of fun um you know, there was a time where he was lined up across a slot receiver, which was which was pretty fun. I thought Kobe McClain was all over the place. Um, seeing how much he's blitzing and moving around is is going to make him a really good piece in this defense, as we expected. Thought Caleb Johnson has been able to pick up on what has been a really good spring for him. He had back to back plays where he had a tackle for loss and a sack. Um, he's he's done a really good job, and I think he's a more natural fit at that edge position uh, in, in this defense. And uh, in the secondary, you had, some, you had some young guys really play well. I thought Kamal Haddon looked like, looked like a dude that could give you some really, really good snaps at corner this season. Um, he, he played well against the first-team offense. Uh, Trey Elston obviously did a really good job standing in the gap for Auburn at, at safety and won an 8A MVP for his efforts. And then on top of that, uh, Chris Thompson Jr. is a headhunter, as we, as we all expected. And we're seeing more zone out of Auburn um, with this new defense from from uh, from Derek Mason, and you know grade wise, that's been a really good strength of Roger McCreary in the past. And I think I thought McCreary looked looked like a first round pick on the outside. I think he has since he's since he's got you know, this this whole spring. Mm-hmm. He's just he reminds me a lot of what Auburn had in Carlton Davis, No Eggenogany, of course, and uh, Jamel Dean, and just being. You know, he's going to be an early round pick, I think, this time next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The guy who stood out to me, I've said it every time we talk about A-Day, but I was just really impressed with him. And I've been impressed with how he's handled himself all spring is Chandler Wooten. I mean, oh yeah. Oh, the yeah. way he led that second team defense, I mean, he, he almost single-handedly slowed down the first team offense.
0: Yeah. And, and he has knocked the rust off from not being out there. He's such a he's such a good leader, too, on this team. He is a voice. I mean, that, how easy that, would like, it be for him to just,
1: like, mope? And, like, I took a year off. I'm not in the starting group anymore. But, no, he went out there and took advantage yeah. of being the leader of the second-team unit, and he ate it up.
0: Yeah. He's – I mean, everybody – I remember talking to Chandler Wooten right after he committed when he was in high school, and I, I remember ta- telling Ben Walk after – because Ben had talked to him in the past when we were at SEC Country – I remember I remember leaving the interview with Chandler Wooten and I remember talking to Ben and saying that dude already sounds like an NFL player. Like he's just the maturity that he's got, the character that he has and the work ethic. Um, He took care of what he needed to away from football last year. He's got you know, he's got a he's got a healthy, healthy uh, uh, new kid and and loves being a father. He's going out there on the football field and showing everybody why he's a key player. And last season they had to give so many snaps to the Kobe McClain and Owen Papo that just having Chandler back is going to be really big for them in that in that capacity. Sure.
1: Jay Ferg, thank you so much for your time as always, my friend. Give us one more rundown of everything going on at the Auburn Observer and how folks can sign up.
0: AuburnObserver.com. Sign up there. Subscribe. six dollars a month, $60 a year. You get access to everything we got. We will email you every new stuff, all the new stuff that we have, whether it's a story or a podcast. You can check out on the website, Film Room on Offense and Defense, that breakdown of Desi Sills and the mailbag that went up on Friday morning all that good stuff. So auburnobserver.com, check it out.
1: Thank you, brother. Appreciate your time, bud.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. We'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend right here on Locked On Auburn.